Praise God. So we are going to read from uh, Revelation chapter 2. A common portion of scripture uh, that says uh, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus we have two pastors that I had to introduce but time is far we introduced them on Friday they even had a testimony and to serve to minister will have them in the second service so because of time we've delayed this congregation we cannot delay it anymore but there is another service and to the angel of the church of Ephesus write the things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and hast tried them which say they are apostles, and they are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast thou labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast, uh, hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But Thou, but this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. May the Lord add blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. I hope that Uganda by, uh, readers, you have followed. Now, this is the first age among the seven church ages. It is called the church of Ephesians of Ephesus. To give you a brief uh, elaboration from Jesus' ascension to heaven to his return that time span is divided into seven church ages. So in the first era, God chose seven churches which had characteristics that would reflect all those ages. So he addresses them accordingly. The first was Ephesus. Sumuna, Palgamo, they are like that. Up to the last one which is Laodicea. Now the first one being Ephesus is what we have read. In the Bible, the first things are the, or, the, the ones that are genuine. And God in the Old Testament, he claimed the first bones. He said the first bone is mine. Everything that opens its mother's Womb. It's, it's, mine, it's mine among beasts, among human beings. Why? The first 
Echisoka is perfect. It's original. Because God never changes. Therefore what he does first will be perfect. Jesus Christ is the first among the dead. The firstborn. So all those first things we are reflecting Jesus. The first one. The firstborn among the dead. Amen. And now also the first things we are also reflecting the first idea of God. God never changes his mind. When he says a thing he will never change it. The first becomes the standard. God never changes and his ways never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 14 he says I know that whatever God does shall remain forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken away from it. And God does it people should fear before him. That which is has already been and that which is to come has already passed. And God required that which is passed. Meaning, when God started a church, that church, nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away. And God requires its restoration. Because it was perfect. When Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Other churches have, have come as means of reform. Restorations. But the first one was made by Jesus himself. I will build my church. So what he did, what he founded, what he began was perfect. It could not have anything missing. It could not anything lacking. So if your church is not measuring to that first one, how much is not measuring? How much, how much degrees is not measuring with the first one? Is the how much error it has? Have we understood? Measure your church with the first one. How much it doesn't measure to the first one is the degree of its error. The first one is the standard. The first one is the original. Now, the first one, one, they had the pure word of God. Until they said, saints contend for the faith that was once given to the saints. In other words, for the original. Don't allow any cunningness of man change that original thing. Don't allow anything that will drift away you away from the original. Anything 
that does not come saying like the original is false therefore contain and say in the beginning it was not so therefore we want what was in the beginning you just claim like that contain like that Praise God. That's why we say those who don't baptize by immersion they are wrong. Because it is clear in the beginning baptism was by immersion. Those who don't baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ are wrong. Why? We measure them by what was done by the beginning. You had the brother say how those people condemn the apostles. They are not alone. All others condemn the apostles. If they didn't condemn the apostles, they would do and teach what the apostles taught. The Pentecostal said, ah, there was something wrong with Paul. There was something wrong with Paul. And they say, shall we say, shall we do what? Peter and Paul said or did or we do what Jesus said. In other words, they don't reconcile the words of Peter and Paul and the rest of the apostles. They don't reconcile their doctrine with Jesus' doctrine. And if you fail to reconcile the apostles with Jesus. It means there is something wrong with your lenses. There is something wrong with your lenses. Their lenses are cracked. We don't mean only this one. In your eye, there is a lens. When it cracks, something that is whole, you see two objects from it. So if you can't see that the doctrine of Peter, the way Peter baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, Philip baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, if you don't see, that is what Jesus said in Matthew 28:19. There is something wrong with your lenses and you are condemning your apostles. Yet Jesus did not condemn them, but he vindicated them. So that means you have the spirit of error on you. The Bible says, and he went with them confirming what they told with the signs that followed. And they baptized people in the name of Jesus. And he confirmed. And they baptized others in the name of Jesus. And he confirmed. With them. And they did. Whatever they did. They never did it on their own. They did it. With him. That's why we are telling the world. 
Baptizing, you have to baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You should not defy with original the original church the if you defy with them in any way you are in error they are right because they are the original and contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints so they had a perfect doctrine. The apostles never allowed women pastors. Give me one in the Bible. There was no woman pastor. No woman preacher. A man the apostles. Even the greatest commission was done in the absence of women. The Bible says, Jesus told them, go and tell Peter and my brethren that I'm risen. And let them find me in Galilee. Let them find me in Galilee as I already told them. They know where we should meet. I gave them invitations that we are to meet in Galilee. Tell them to meet me there. And the Bible says, the eleven and met him in Galilee. The women did not go. And when they were in Galilee, in the Galilee council, that's where he spoke these words. Going into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That was in the absence of sisters. That is the original. So the apostles, they had pure wine. They had the original gospel. And they told women not to preach. They told women to adorn themselves in modest appearance. Today is Pentecostals and other denominations. They tell their women, God only looks at the heart. And you sit in church and women are seated around you with naked, naked Naked. Naked. They are naked. And you cannot concentrate on the preaching because of this girl whose thighs are naked. There is something wrong. She anointed by an evil spirit. And we are it is not them. It is their false preachers. If the man behind the pulpit told them the truth, they would want to follow it. But there is a false man. There is a soul. Saul. A son of Kish. Behind the pulpit. He's working for fame. He's working for popularity. Not for truth. Truth is never popular. Jesus was not popular. And he said straight is the gate. And narrow is the way. Jesus was not a politician. He was not looking for votes. He was not looking for majority support. He said few be. Few be that find us. But the sons of Kish behind the poop, they are looking for majority support. 
That's why they are scared of the truth. So we are saying it was not so from the beginning. So the original they had perfect word. Perfect doctrine. We must not differ from the original. They had holiness. They did not allow sin. They did not give a seat to sin in their midst. Ananias and Sapphira, they were exposed. And unfortunately, it was too late. They died. And the Bible says, and the fear came upon all the church. You could not dare enter that place with unconfessed sin. You died. So what are we having today? There is something wrong. You either confessed it or you did not come. Or you died. It was a place where they believed in holiness and the holiness was practically there. They were one. They were in one place, in one accord. No one was arguing against the other. No one was tearing the other apart. They were together. They were in one accord. The Bible says they had one mind and they had one soul and shared things in common. They had power. Not fabrications of power. They had real power. They didn't have painted fire. They had real fire. That could change lives. That could heal the sick. They could raise the dead. Make the creepers to open blind eyes. They had real fire. They were filled with the real Holy Spirit. That led them to speak in tongues. Not the fabricated tongues of today. Where the preachers just command the congregation. Everyone speaking tongues. And everyone could hear. Another one, whatever, whatever. Those are fabrications. Those are not tongues. There is a mockery of tongues. But for them, the, power, the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And he got them and they spoke in tongues. As the Spirit gave them as the Spirit gave them utterance. Something has gone wrong with the speakers here. Praise God. That is the early church. And they were zealous. And they continued daily in prayer, in fellowship, in breaking of bread. And they were zealous in the apostles' doctrine. Whatever the apostles taught, all the church was zealous. They were zealous to it. That is the early church. And if that is the kind of church that he started with, that is the kind of church that is coming to take. He would not take anything less than what he started. What you saw, what you saw, what you saw, 
is what you reap. You cannot sow sorghum and, and you reap millet. So if that's why the kind of church that Jesus sowed that is the kind of church that is coming to take. But in that very first age they started making alarm bells that there was an infiltration of the enemy of the antichrist spirit they said brethren get on guard contend for the faith for there are certain men that are in and aware these men they turn the grace of our God to be lasciviousness they turn the grace to be less of yourself. Those are the men that caught Semwanga. Semwanga. God is full of grace. We are saved by grace. And they turn that to be seen. To justify sin. Which is never the case. And when they did, God said, remember where thou art fallen and repent. In other words, they had drifted that very Ephesian age had drifted from the original position and God was not happy about that. He was concerned he said, repent from where you are falling. Repent. Go back. Do the first work. Praise God. And that is the kind of church is coming from a church that has gone back. He's coming from a church that has gone back. It may be a handful of people but those are the people he's coming to The people who have gone back. Praise God. Go back to the gate beautiful. Go back to where they said for me to live is Christ. Go back to where they said I'm a prisoner for Christ. My hands are prison. A prison. They cannot do what God does not approve. My feet are with the word of God. They cannot go where God does not want, where God does not allow them to go. They cannot go move to a boyfriend. They cannot go to that girlfriend. They cannot go to a nightclub. They cannot go to a bar. They cannot go to, to play, to, 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 to play cards. They cannot go there. My feet are fettered to the word of God. For me to live is Christ. He said, go back to that. Brother Bram said, the very word Ephesians means aimed at. Can you find it and, and project it here? Ephesus means aimed at and, and relax. That's what it means. Aimed 
at and relax. That's what the word, the name Ephesians means. Aimed at. Maybe for catch words, you put there, aimed at. Uh-huh. Ephesus means Ephesus the very name Ephesus means let go, relax backslidden you, you, you look for it find where it is aimed at it is in that very page the very name Ephesus has a strange compound meaning. Aimed at and relax. No mula. Aimed at and before you catch it, you relax. No mula. At the time you got saved. There was a depth in God that we were aiming at. But before you reach, you relaxed. That's what it means. Ephesus. Ephesus. The high aspirations of this age that had begun with the fullness of the Spirit. The depth of God. Whereby they were aiming at the high calling of God. Began to give way to a less watchful attitude. A less ardent following Jesus began to manifest itself as an omen that is in the future ages physical. When you start relaxing, when you start relaxing, the zeal that you had, the dedication that you had, the prayerful life that you had, the first things that you used to do, the thirst that you had, you always wanted to stay in church praying. You used to look for closets to hide yourself and You loved to read the word of God and you enter deep in God so that you know it more. You wanted to enter in a strong anointing. You wanted to be powerful. You wanted to enter in the power of God. And you start relaxing on that. Whenever you start relaxing, the devil starts to tiptoe to attack. That's how he takes them and takes them in those doctrines. That's when he takes you into a strange relationship. By the time you wake up, it's taken you very far. But it started there when you started relaxing. And Paul said, you Galatians, who bewitched you, you fools? You who started in the spirit, how have you ended up now? In the flesh. How have you ended up now? The devil 
The devil never gives up. When you got saved, the devil ran away. But he didn't leave you alone. He's never left you alone. Until you've entered heaven. The devil who was in you then. The Bible says he knows even how to come back with more devils that are worse than him. So he's never given up on you. He even calls you his house. The Bible says he goes there and watches. And sees his house. Where he used to live. And now it is clean. It is swept. But the problem. It is not filled. It is vacant. And then he calls other devils. You know the other East time. You know the other time I was weaker. And they easily cast me out. But now you come also. And you come also. Come and fortify me. Come and fortify me. Yeah, you, you, you are the, the demon of a doubt. Come. Come also. Uh, you, you, you. You colleague, drunkenness. You also come. Yeah, you, you colleague, pride. pride. Also, also come. Yeah, yeah. You also, now, you, you sports. Colleague, sports. Sports. Come. Yeah, you, you colleague with Chimansuro. Now we Chimansuro. You also come. Now we to get teko. And now we are getting more strong. Uh huh. Kati tuwege na tuwe yongera mumani. He has never given up. Tawani kanga takuvanga ko. Because he wants to take you back. Wanga yagara kuzeyo. And he's looking for that moment where when you relax. Era no nyaka sira ko ko mulamu. When you relax. The Bible says. In the time when kings go to war. In the time of the kings going to war. That is when David. Maybe he was very tired. Exhausted. Fatigued. He needed to relax. He needed a free moment. So he made a personal holiday. Others are in war. For him, he's having a relax. A relax around. And then he goes up on the balcony of the palace. And then his balcony was opposite. The home of one of his generals. By the name of Uriah. And the general had a very beautiful white woman. And that time. In the relax. The devil anointed her. Because the king was up there. Facing that direction. To go in the open bathroom. And he was just watching everything. As he, she was naked. And the arrows of the devil. Shot in the heart of David. He could not bear that. 
But where did the devil find him? In the relax. That's where the devil always finds us. In the relax. And David fell. First last. Second adultery. Third murder. You re, you last. Then you started exchange, you started exchanging those love messages with that boy. And the demon pulled you and took you and took you until you physically met. Until you conceived. Until you committed murder. That is David. But he was caught when he was relaxed. It's very dangerous for a Christian to relax from the original aim, from the original zeal and aspirations of entering deep in the spirit. Very dangerous. If you see yourself relaxed, you are as good as fallen. When God saw them relaxed, he said, repent. Repaint for relaxing. Now, Kati, I've not started preaching. Yet I want just to, to, to retain you for just a few minutes. From, from now, I have not even introduced my subject. My subject is what it takes. This is what I mean. People talk about a super church. Yes, we shall be a super church. Yes, we need a revival. Yes, we need a seventh thunder revival. Seventh thunder manifestation. Rapturing faith. Where is it? The manifestation of the sons of God. The manifestation of the third pole. Where is it? That's what we need. That's what we must have. Yeah, 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 yeah. We wow. But I want to talk of what it takes. Unless we are ready to go into what it takes. We shall only talk about it. But we shall never have it. The rest is not for those who, are, who can talk a lot. But it is for those who are ready to do what it takes. I remember Golola. Golola is a, is a kickboxing giant in the country. But he's also a big mouth giant. He can talk. One time there was a match for him and another guy. And he said, let him come with a coffin. Because he's gone back in a coffin. I'll give him one kick. And you follow at the border of Uganda and Kenya. And when he entered with a guy, in the ring. Even the first round did not end. Golola was down. So we are talking about what it takes. 
Let's not be people who speak so much. Let's be people who act. All right now. As we read the first cha- the fifth chapter, the first verse of the first John of first John. This is a quote from the message what it takes to overcome all unbelief. Listen to the summer, to the subject of the prophet. What it takes to overcome all unbelief. He said, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Lord, add his blessings to the reading of his word. Now I want to speak tonight upon the subject what it takes to overcome all unbelief. You know, the, it's amazing the way gives, God gives me these summons. I was praying in the morning in the night. In the beginning of the week there. And then this subject came on my mind. I wrote it down. And then I started searching for the quotes. I didn't know that there is such even a subject that exactly connects with my thoughts. So what it takes. Now another subject, another, another quote here. Did you ever see them when they were fixing uh, to mold a bell? Wali obetegerezako bebalinga bagenda some famous bell for a church or something that had to give a certain ding you see if you are ringing a chime it takes a certain range of each bell and it takes a certain materials to go in there. So much brass. So much steel. And so much of other ores to go into this bell. If it's just straight brass, it won't ring right. It's got to have all kinds of materials thrown into it to make it ring the right kind of a tone. And the man who has put the mold up and set the mold he knows exactly what it takes to go in that what it takes to go into that metal to to make that bell ring that tone. God is our great cupola. He is the great refiner's finance. That where he has to put these things upon us. And trials and persecutions and things. To mold it together. To make our testimony ring 
for a certain time. And a certain note that he once rung out in a certain way. Amen. So our God knows what it takes. That's why on last Sunday we shared about trials of a Christian how they are more precious than precious God because trials mold character in us we don't need only the gifts we don't need only power we need character behind power for power without character is satanic and character is not gift it is victory character comes after suffering after training after trials then character molds hallelujah and God knows what it takes God knows for this time for this bell to ring the right kind of a note of a sound this has to be Faith, virtue, patience, temperance, goodness, kindness, all those qualities have to be in you. And then God recap that with charity and with adoption. And then the sons of God will be manifested. God knows what it takes. What it will take for you to have that. We wonder today what the gifts and things are not in the church. Why the gifts and things are not in the church operating the way they should be. Why? The gifts are to put the church to separate and take sin out. The work of the gifts is to take sin out. What it will take for this church that will manifest the third pool and we manifest the sons of God and we raise the dead and make the people and manifest the early church and give us the rapturing faith what it will take it will take a church that has gifts it will take a church that has a perfect walk. We cannot take about, we cannot talk about the manifestation of the power of God. And we think it will come on top of holiness. Ah, sorry. That it will take place outside holiness. We are not talking about uh, holiness of Semwanga's religion. We are talking about a perfect walk with God. 
When Ananias and Sapphira sinned, God could not tolerate it. Praise God. When the children of Israel crossed into the promised land, God demanded them a perfect work for perfect works. It was time for God to do perfect works. Because God had told Joshua, I'll be with you. The way was with Moses. Don't worry. One of you will be so powerful that he will chase a thousand. You will fight war and you come out war. None of you will have even a scratch. You don't go need to go with ambulance. You don't go need to go with that first aid box. Because no one is going to be hurt. Every battle, I mean every war, will be like that. They went to Jericho. And it was like that. But while they were in Jericho, Akan sinned. And he stole Babylonia garments. You may call it looting. Not stealing. Call it looting. But God had told them that place there that is an accursed city. And everything there is a cast. And now here is one of them. One of the church members. He picks something from a cast city. And as he comes to church, in his life, there is a stain. From the accursed city. Some of you. You have interacted. You have associated. With accursed things. The things of the world. The people of the world. That are accursed. Until you can associate with them. You come infected. With their language. With their conduct. With their behavior. And some of you. You have even sinned with them. They are accursed. And you ought not to associate even with them. I don't mean in business. I don't mean in workplace. No. But there are things. Their relationship. We should never associate with them. You find a boy or a girl. Having a worldly friend. That this is my friend. This is my friend. And you realize their, their friendship goes beyond friendship. They have an affection. If I saw a brother with a sister in church with friendship 
even with affection I may understand that I may think these people are aiming to marry although when I say affection I don't mean sinful I don't mean immorality I don't mean doing tolerating lustful behavior but I mean people who love one another who are attracted to one another I may think that this one is uh, is the right kind of uh, attraction that that results into into marriage. But now with unbeliever shame on you with unbeliever with a with a cast Bible gamba the bible says he came with a cast things that came from that cast city and you come in the church and in your heart in your life and in your phone computer and in your computer affection there are affections virus there are viruses Ona COVID. You have COVID. And we wash your hands there. And we spray with a disinfectant. But in your heart, you have another kind of COVID. When you come and sit here, your sin will find you out. Shame on you. You are the biggest hindrance to the church. Which is a That's why we don't see God the way we ought to see. Because here we are. Cross Jordan. To Canaan's fair land. This is the place where we should be manifesting the power of God. But Akani has chased God from our midst. You know, from there, they crossed to fight the city of Ai. To conquer Ai. And when they reached Ai, things were not easy. The Ai men strengthened themselves against the Israelites. And they hit them. And they killed 36 men in their midst. And remember the promise was none of you. Will even have a scratch. And Joshua looked into the promise. He looked into the reality. He looked into the promise. He looked into the church. And things were not adding up. He said there is something wrong. He said we better go home and sort ourselves. And when he read there, he prayed to God. God, ever since. Ever since when did you start to lie? Or to mock us? What you said here is different from what we are God told them, I am God. I change not. And I lie not. But 
the problem is when you went to I I did not go with you I promise you victory but that victory is to be done by me my presence in the place but the problem is I don't associate with sin and when sin was in your midst I had to stay away and when you went alone without me you had to suffer defeat therefore take away sin from your midst then will I go with you and they had to show themselves out they had to remove they had to remove Akan so when we excommunicate a sinner in our midst we are excommunicating sin sinner sort out yourself before God sorts you because you are not going to, to fail the army of God forever And that's what it is today. Brother Branham said, that is where the church is failing. On that perfect walk, he said, do you know your unconfessed sin? Your unconfessed sin can cause this church to bitterly fail. People do things that are horrible and they fear even to own them. They'd rather keep quiet. They'd rather hide. They'd rather, they'd rather deny and confess to sins. They want to enter the tent. They want to enter the camp with those sins and hide them in their tents and close the door and keep quiet and pretend that they are okay. But that you cannot hide sin from God. And a church that tolerates sin, God will stay away from it. But if they are seriously praying for revival, God will expose it. Listen. And God, we wonder today why the gifts and the things are not in the church. Operating the way they should be. Why? The gifts are to put the church. The, the gifts are, are put in the church. To separate and take sin out. To keep the church clean. It's God's toxin that is given to the church. Also, his disinfect that he puts into the church. Disinfect should not be strange to you in these days of COVID. 
Even after this service we are going to pass around and we disinfect this building for the second service. Because there is a possibility that someone came in here with COVID and you sit on that chair and you sit on its arms and someone else comes who is free and he touches where you touch and he goes with COVID. Therefore, we are going to spray because we want the place to be safe. That's praying we do. It's called disinfecting the place. But that is physical and it is against germs and But spiritually, God had, has put a mechanism to disinfect the church against sin that would come and hide in our midst. And that is called gift. So before we talk about a super church, what it takes to have a super church. It is, should be a church equipped with disinfectants. God told the church of Ephesus for this, for this you have that you had sin and you cannot bear them that are evil. And you have tried them who say the apostles when they are not and you have found them liars. A church that bears the evil God is never happy with it. You who know someone who is walking in sin in church here and you keep quiet and you bear God is not happy with you but God is happy with someone who does not bear with the evil it's God's toxin that is given to the church also it's God also he is disinfected that he has put in the church to kill the parasites that tear up the church and God sprays his church over with his word and he keeps all the termites out you know all the church can grow so that the church can grow a plant and God knows what it takes to do it it's just like a little baby crying for, a, for your razor when you are serving your little baby was hollering. Give me the razor, daddy. Give me the razor. Your little son, two or three years old, just just jumping up and down. Give me the razor. Well, you know better than to do that. Well, you wouldn't give that baby the razor. It doesn't know how to handle it. And that's the reason that we don't find no more 
divine gifts than what we do. They push it off on, on some kind of a, a tradition over in the some denomination. They don't know how to handle it. Let me give you one quote and we go. Or two. I'll go slow. You know rain is born in a jagged, rugged, lightning, strode, thundering skies. And if we don't have rain, we wouldn't live. But you see what it takes to bring rain? Thunder, lightning, flashing, anger, and out, anger, and out of these, out of there comes. A seed must die, rot, corrupt, smell, and go back to the dust of the earth in order to bring forth new life. It takes the pounding of gold turned over and over back and forth and pounded until all the dross is taken out of it. Not because it shines. Because iron, iron pride what is known as fool's gold shines like Real God. But you put the two together. You set them out one, out to one side. You can hardly tell them apart. But put them together. You can tell it. And the beaten always has to, to beat till. He sees his own image reflecting in the Eroya We need to go back, another quote, we need to go back to a power of God. Something can do the same thing, uh, thing today. Although in our numbers, persecution always gives the strength to the church. We've had, we have had it too easy. We get slothful. We get to a place where we don't want to move on. Because everything is just handed to us. It takes sorrow. And sorrow. And tears. And sweat. And prayer. And faith. And promise to move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. That zeal and power that they had in those days has long time vanished from our assemblies. I'm afraid if the windows would be shut out tonight, people would run everywhere and never come back again. And another thing, it's too bad. You know, to think of these things happening like that. But yet it proves that God that was in those old days is still God today. 
the God that was ever remains God and expects his people to keep their vows and their promises. We are in the prayer chain going on. We are praying through the night. Even when we are tired and weary, we want a revival. It takes lightnings the heaven rumbling rocking roaring tearing to bring rain it takes sorrow prayers fastings pains dying on the altar rotting on the altar Pleading, repenting, tears, agonizing, so travailing to bring a revival. If we are to be their church, that's what it takes. Let us stand on our feet. Speak to the Lord. Are you ready to return? Are you ready for a jubilee? Are you ready for the restoration? Are you ready to say, pass me not a generous Are you ready to say, Lord, though I have let relaxed Though I have fallen, though I have defeated your purpose, though I have disappointed you, I have brought reproach to your name. But Lord, have mercy on me. I want another chance. I'm praying for another chance. Restore me, Lord. Revive me, Lord. Tell him. Mugambe. You just have a few minutes to do that. There is another church service waiting. Do it now. That you may find favor. He's here. He's watching. He knows you. He knows you. His eyes are passing around. They know all of us. They know the life we live. They know the thoughts we think. They know the plans we make. They know us. So better come to him. Before he comes for you.